Hi, I'm Riley, the artistic director and co-creator of It's Personal. As the saying goes, when life gives you straw, you spin it into gold. Okay, no one says that, but they should. After hearing Julia Steyer's piece from our annual Bitches Get Personal show about her not-so-golden year. Let's get personal. in the old fairy tale that Rumpelstiltskin is the villain, but I have always tried to be like him. I have always tried to turn straw into gold. And nothing teaches you how to do that or how to make the best of a bad situation, like having to start over. To all of my fellow actors, freelancers, and gig workers, I am there with you. This pandemic has left me aimless, jobless, and homeless. Well, at least in the state of California. Back in April, I had 22 hours to clean out my apartment, put everything into storage, and to hop on a flight to Texas, where I have been living with my parents. What started off as a two-week break to visit family while we foolishly waited for this virus to pass has turned into an extended stay with an undetermined end. It's been almost five months of this new normal, and I'm not sure yet how to be okay with it. But this is not the first time the universe has handed me a fistful of straw, forcing me to pack up everything I own and restart. Some of these new beginnings have been by choice, others by circumstance. But I have survived the multiple times, voluntary or otherwise, that my life has been flipped on its head. The first change happened when I was 12. I watched movers pack up my life in Chicago, Illinois, and unload it in San Antonio, Texas. It took a couple of months to accept the change, but once I realized there was no going back, my little preteen self looked around, learned how to befriend these new and strange Texans, auditioned for the school play, started competing in acting competitions, and took the straw that is being the new kid in middle school and turned it into gold. When I was 18, I took three suitcases, two carry-ons, one duffel bag, and a guitar and moved to Los Angeles, California, where my only support system came from other bewildered 18-year-olds. Freshman year is a lonely time. You don't know anybody, and you're struggling to manage all of your newfound freedom. While all I wanted to do was hide in my room, I knew that wasn't going to get me anywhere. So... I looked around, I auditioned for an acapella group, I joined the fencing team, I volunteered to run lights for student productions, and with my eye on the prize, started learning how to spin this specific type of straw into gold. When I was 20, oh, I moved so often that my address changed every four months as I moved from Colorado to California to England. During this year, my title changed from camp counselor to rifle instructor to actor to student to world traveler. Oh, a lot of gold came out of that year. At 22, I said goodbye to my life as a college student, packed up and moved out into the real world. I only moved half an hour away to a different part of Los Angeles, but nobody warns you how hard of a transition that can be. 
And I got shit done by working as a sales associate, theater teacher, journalist, personal assistant, actor, podcaster, theater critic, all at the same time in order to make a buck. Oh, I was spinning so fast that sometimes I had more gold than I could handle. Finally, in April, as the lease on my home of two years came to an end, in the middle of a pandemic, no less, I said goodbye to California and headed back to Texas. The saddest thing about this move is the uncertainty. I fully plan on returning to California, but when? I feel like I've lost my footing, my drive, my purpose. I don't know what to do and it's paralyzing. And I have to admit that there are some days when I feel incapable of doing anything but laying face down in this particular pile of straw. Hi, Julia. Hi, Riley. So good to see you. You too. I'm so excited to talk to you about this piece. I also came to visit my parents in July of last year during like the quarantine and not having a job. And then um, I'm still here almost a year later. <laughs> and it was so relatable to me. And I think so many people are in a similar situation in this time of upheaval. And I'm so curious when you go back to your parents' place, like, do you revert back to your childhood self? Oh my gosh. That's a really good question. <laughs> do you feel like you take on this role of almost as if you never left? Like you're just in this like childhood state all of a sudden of being at home? I mean, it, on certain things, like for example... I wouldn't like do my laundry until my mom was like, you haven't brought any laundry down in a while. So like my basic Julia caring for herself stuff, I definitely feel like I reverted. Mm -hmm. I like waited to see what other people were cooking or I, you know, oh yeah, had to be prompted to like, honestly, like even like kind of like clean my room <laughs> a little bit. Like, and there was a lot of while I was there, you know, them wanting me to go through like my childhood things and memory boxes. Mm. And so like, in, in a weird way of like, I think I reverted a little bit to like a more childhood version of myself in that I didn't have to be like the one solely in charge of making sure I was staying alive. <laughs> right. Like I was like, oh, I'm totally. around my parents. Like, yeah, like, and, oh, someone yeah. can cook for me. And like, this is someone's going to like buy the toilet paper. So like, it just is nice to not feel like you're on an island by yourself kind of thing where you're like, oh, I'm part of this like unit of people that are like also here doing the, these things and like providing for me. Yes. And so it makes you feel like a child in a way. It does. It does. But I, I will admit like one thing that I think kept it from reverting like personality wise back into like a childhood version of myself, because I know that can be a very real thing too, is like, right. you know, I'm acting like who I was when I was 17. But I think what was different this time around is that normally when I go back to visit, it's like a holiday. Right. 
but this one wasn't. So my parents were still both working. Like Mm. I was still working. And so it was kind of nice because we all understood that we all needed space to do our right it wasn't just like family time 24 7 it's exactly real life yeah exactly and so in that way it was kind of it didn't change too much like I was able to kind of just like stay in my room during the day work on stuff but it was nice to be able to like my mom and I like love playing double solitaire and so we played so much double solitaire and it was just like what is double salt what's double solitaire have you played solitaire before? Yeah, and you know what? During the pandemic, I would get a thing of cards and play solitaire in our living room like all the time when the pandemic's first started. Then you you have to try double solitaire because it's like you both have a game of solitaire going essentially, but uh-huh. you share the ace cards in the middle. Oh. So it becomes like a race of who can put their cards in the center. It's a lot of fun. Interesting. Oh, that sounds fun. It can get intense. Like me and my mom will like, <laughs> like <laughs> uh, go hard on it. But it was just nice to like, have people to like connect with during the pandemic right yeah I mean it was just I I haven't done like the greatest job of keeping in touch with people from high school like I have you know I still have some friends I talk to but not most of them don't live in San Antonio anymore anyway Mm -hmm. so there wasn't really anywhere to go there wasn't really anybody to see right and Texas wasn't doing the greatest job of staying safe Mm -hmm. so like you didn't really want to leave anyway and it was also like March and April 2020 so things were like very very new and very scary and like to the point where we were like windexing every single Mm -hmm. piece of grocery that came into the house right so yeah it was just very it was a strange time it it was just strange I mean (laughs) it's crazy so what has the pandemic taught you about planning and going with the flow wow yeah (laughs) something that we said a lot was like if there was anything you wanted to do don't put it off Mm -hmm. and I feel like there's a lot of things like that where I'm like oh I would like to one day try this or I'd like to one day try that and it's like well what's stopping me right one of my big things is like I really want to go surfing so I'm like I need to just do that this year like I need to stop putting things off for this like when I have, you know, more money, when I have more time, I don't know, like, I can't think of a better thing to spend. I mean, obviously, once uh, other than things like rent and like groceries, I can't think of a better thing to spend my money on than experiences. So I don't yeah. know why I'm, I'm quite being so precious or so cautious with things sometimes when it's really these experiences are going to be the things that make life worth living. And there might not be a next year. Yeah. And I think it taught me a lot of like, take advantage of just of opportunities and, and, and maybe don't take myself so seriously. I think Mm -hmm. that's another thing is I think like a lot of the reason that I get caught up in like work or stuff like that is because I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm laying the groundwork so that I can be stable in the future. But like, this was very much like, well, the future might not be there. Right. Like what is future? (laughs) Exactly. So I think it's like helped me kind of like chill out a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. And especially, I mean, that was something that was really nice. I I was telling people things have picked up a little bit for actually quite a bit for me now, just in terms of like work and balance. You know, a lot of my friends are always like, oh, you do so much. Like you're always doing something, doing something. And I told them, I was like, you know, if it hadn't been for that forced six month break, I probably would have burned out by now. Yeah. Just in in trying to do so much. And so Mm -hmm. it's definitely made me like try to value spending time with people, maybe overseeing if I can fit in one more sketch or show or Mm -hmm. taking that time to like sit and just have like hour long 
picnics or conversations with my friends because like that's something that I really used to be bad at was just I would be going 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 and if like someone stopped to talk to me that I hadn't planned for in my calendar I'd get anxious mm-hmm. like and I'd be like and it was hard because it's like dear friends of mine you know and I would be like like I, I could like feel myself getting like no I have to get on to my next like next thing because I I scheduled my mm-hmm. my day down to the minute and like now that's just like all out the window and I honestly love it I'm like calling and FaceTiming my friends all the time and it's like I'm honestly having better deeper conversations like now over the phone and like over zoom mm-hmm. than I was in person because I was always go 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 yeah because that's what we're taught is what's gonna you know right make you quote unquote successful is like that hustle, that grind, like never stop, like, you know, work harder than everybody else. It's like, well, or you'll just burn out and you won't be happy. And then like, what was the point of it all? Yeah. And like, I I think there was a time before where we thought I'll catch up with you when I see you or, you know, like there'll be time for this. And then all of a sudden you're just like, all there is, is time to just talk to people on the phone or there's just time to connect with people in a way that I was always too busy to do before and it's like once you have nothing going on you're like okay like these are the things that matter and I think like people (laughs) for me personally people inviting me to things I'm like I never want to say no to like going Ah! out and do like you're saying experiences because instead of being like no I really shouldn't because I like have this going on or that or I should be doing this and it's like I don't want to take that for granted anymore because there was a whole year at least of our life where we couldn't go out and do anything. <laughs> I 100% feel that. I was like, I thought of all the times that I like told my roommates or my friends that I was like too tired to go out. And I was like, girl, you were 23 when they were asking right, me. Like, like, you're like, oh my God, no. You no, know, it's weird. It's like, I was 23 when the pandemic started and in June, I'll be turning 25. Wow. I'm like, what, what happened to 24? Like, it's just. Yeah, that was also for me. It was my 30th year and oh, or it is yeah. my 30th year. And I think you have this whole idea of those like big milestone years and I'm going to yeah. go to Europe for my 30th birthday and I'm going to do all these things and this is where my career is going to be at. And it's just like, okay, so now 31 is a new 30. Like I now I'm like, I don't care about those milestone things because it's so, you know, we just like we survived and that is enough for the milestone year or like for yes. anyone's year. Like if we just got through it, it is what it is. And those things shouldn't, I shouldn't put so much emphasis on those, I guess. I, and I think that's going to be a lot of people are facing that in terms of like, because we all have those expectations. We Every single right. one of us has this idea of what, you know, certain things in our lives are going to be. And it, it it's just because this pandemic has been going on so long, I think we're all, or at least I personally, I'm like sometimes forgetting because we've been in it so long that it sometimes mm-hmm. hits me like, oh, we're in a pandemic. And it make, it's making me realize like this is going to turn everything on its head. Absolutely. It has turned everything on its yeah. head. And it's like, Because I'm right there with you. All these expectations I had. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know what any of that is going to look like coming out of this. I totally agree. It's crazy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And it's it's weird to like, we're also like on that precipice of like knowing the future is going to look very different, but not sure what that means yet. Like, are we all going to be having to get weekly shots for the rest of our lives? Right. That And that's just like a weak example, but like things are going to be different. Or like, are we going to be like afraid to be around big crowds of people? Like watching movies where people there's big crowds, I'm like, this is stressful and I don't like it. Yeah, my skin crawls. <laughs> but then also watching things that are like set in present day where they're wearing masks, I'm like, this is stressful and I hate it. So I'm like, what's the solution? 
I agree. Oh my gosh, I so agree. <laughs> um, I also related to the your piece so much because I moved a lot as a kid. And I struggle with this question, and I'm curious when people ask you where you're from, what you say. This is literally how the conversation goes every single time, and I have mm-hmm. to go, well, I spent the first 12 years of my life in Chicago, and then I spent six years in Texas, and now I've been in Los Angeles for about seven, which is wild to me. I was talking to my parents. I was like, I've officially lived in California. Longer than you lived Longer, because, in- yeah. And so it's it's weird. And and then like some of the other things I talked about, like I did, you know, I, I did a stint in Colorado. I, I don't know if I consider like I moved there, but it was definitely like a start over. You know, I, I went to this, mm-hmm. I worked at a summer camp where I'd like had only known one person because a friend of mine from college had worked there. And so I was going into this new situation of not knowing, you know, all these people that I was going to suddenly be living with for three months. And then um, even my study abroad, even though it was with a lot of people from my school, it was like I moved to a different country. Like, it was, yeah. like and I remember I, I hit it. I get, I didn't realize I had hit it so well how scared I was because I got to the airport like the day my parents were dropping me off and I just started crying. And my mom was like, what is happening? What? what? And I was like, I'm freaking out. I have been yeah. freaking out this entire time. And she was like, I had no clue. You waited until you were literally walking about to walk through security to like reveal that I was having like a mental breakdown about going to London yeah I studied abroad in Paris and I basically had like a total meltdown the night before with my parents (laughs) so I totally relate to that too yes well and I think then it's also worth mentioning that I actually originally wrote this piece for the show survival survival yeah and because that and that's kind of what was the the um the reasoning behind you kind of yeah. writing this. Yeah. Because I, I I was feeling so weird about the pandemic. I was like, how am I going to get through this? And Which I, is also yeah. to note, not only was the theme survival, that show was in May. And the Bitches Get Personal show that you ended up performing this piece for and obviously reworking it a little bit was July. So those months, yeah. normally May to July is not a crazy amount of time. But in 2020, May to July was a crazy, you know what I mean? Like you had a yes. crazy amount of things to like feel changed by. Yeah. Like every month of the pandemic, there was so many emotions and so many things that happened. Because I feel like in May, I was like, oh, life's going to like go back to normal. I'm going to get my job soon. Then months and months went by and like things got less and less normal. Yes. I feel like May was still maybe somewhat of us thinking things might get sort of back to normal soon. I I like worked at a middle school at the beginning of the pandemic. And the teacher that I worked for was like, I think we'll be back in school my May 31st. Mm-hmm. You know, things had closed in March and then they gave us like an April opening and then they moved it to the end of April. And then it's like and summer it, and you're like, wait, no, nothing's gonna happen. Yes. And that was the thing. I remember texting my friends being like, haha, if the pandemic is still going on during my birthday, like I'll be pissed. My birthday's June 17th. I was like, there's no way. Yeah. I thought, oh, I'll still be able to go to Europe for my 30th birthday in October. Yes. I think it took so long for all of us to accept it because it just didn't feel like it could be real. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just the idea of a pandemic. I I had so much faith in science. Right. 
it was wild. And I, and I wrote the piece because I was just feeling so much unease and I, I've done this before. Like I have picked up my entire life and mm-hmm. restarted and come out on top essentially. Why is this one so terrifying? And, it, and I think it was just because at least in all the other situations, there was enough going on that I could throw myself into work. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big coping mechanism of mine. Right. And then suddenly I'm thrown into this brand new situation where you can't see people, where you can't throw yourself into work. And for me, it was just like, I've worked so hard to try to get myself to a place in my career or or even with friends and, and relationships for that all to just be like wiped out with not even the possibility of nurturing any of it freaked me out. And I actually, that's why I started doing what little I could do. And I, I wrote that blog post for It's Personal where I talked about calling people like while I was on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Like it was strange. And like I said, like I, I, everyone I talked to was so happy to talk. Right. But also so confused that someone was calling them on the phone. <laughs> and uh, worth mentioning the the reason that I, I ended up not performing this for survival was my grandmother passed away the night of the show and I think that for me personally I think that was a big turning point right because none of us had been allowed to go to the hospital to see her we now suddenly were trying to plan a funeral in the middle of a global pandemic I can't it's awful and that's why I was like okay this is a good thing to be digging into because death is a very real thing right now it went from being something we were hearing about to something that was happening to us Right. Like very, very real. And even if it wasn't something that she suffered from, like the coronavirus prohibited you guys from being able to see her in her last days. Yeah, It's affecting us all in a very real way. My friend is pregnant. Her husband has not been able to go to any of the doctor's appointments. I don't think he realized that that was going to be rough. It's there all those little weird things we don't you know take for granted anymore i guess i'm hoping i hope we all like collectively learn something from this let us hope i'm glad i had a chance to like write a little bit about it though because i think it's going to be worth remembering what this was like because nothing as big as this is going to happen it's a snapshot of your life at this time which you will try probably to forget like we will all block out a lot of the craziness yeah I, I mean, I, I think all the time that I will never regret this year of coming and living with my parents because I may never get to spend this much time with them as an adult. That's something my parents said a lot, too. They were like, we are getting to kind of like get to know our children as adults. And they're like, I'm not sure we ever would have gotten this opportunity. And like, not only did I get to be closer with my parents, but like, I haven't lived with my brother in 10 years. Like I was 14 when he moved out. So like, we actually got to like, kind of develop a relationship and a friendship. Like, that's what I mean. Like this pandemic is so weird because like, overall, horrible, awful world on its head. A lot of beautiful moments came out of it. Yeah, and it's hard to, like, want to think about those as, like, these are good, like, silver lining things because you're like, but also there's so much suffering and I don't want to, like, ignore that. Yeah, and I and I do think it's important to, like, recognize that stuff because otherwise you do just get, like, caught down in the, like, the despair of it, if we're being honest. But, like, there's been some times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of grateful for the pandemic. And then I have to be like, wait, no, 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 I did not mean it like that. I- <laughs> not Not in that way. <laughs> but you know, the, the unexpected results of it. So I, yeah, I've, I've definitely had to catch myself a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I want to ask you about this one part in your piece. When you say you were a rifle instructor, what is a rifle instructor? <laughs> this is, this is like always, since that summer, that has always been my fun fact because I am five, four and just 
not a big strong person like every time they're like what's your fun fact I'm like lol I was a certified rifle instructor so what happened it was that summer camp I was working at and I was just scared and like wasn't sure it was like in the middle of nowhere Colorado I had like not really been like a big camping person also so like I was just like very very overwhelmed and my parents were supposed to come with me and help me kind of move in and then my dad's work was like uh, no, we we actually we need you in Wales at that time. And my dad was like, what? They're like, no, we, you, we need you in Europe. Like, you can't go to Colorado. <laughs> and my dad was like, uh. And so, like, I started freaking out. And so I contacted the camp. I was like, hey, like, is there a way I could come, like, a week early to, like, move in? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, but while you're here, like, we, we could really use some more people being certified and things. So can you take the lifeguard certification? I'm a horrible swimmer. And I was like, no. Then they called me back like a couple days later and they're like, hey, like we need somebody to take the rifle certification. And I was like, uh, I don't, what? They were like, don't worry. Like somebody else has it. We just like need you as a backup. And I felt bad that I had said no to the, um, lifeguard. Yeah. So I just said, yes. I was like, sure. Had you ever shot a gun or anything prior to that? No, no. <laughs> so I show up, I was the only female. And I was like, okay. So I did it, took my, you know, got my certification. And then the camp started. And so at the beginning of the day, they're like, okay, great guys. When you go learn about rifle safety, um, Julia will be teaching it and signing off on your papers. And I was like, what? You guys told me that somebody else had the certification. And they were like, oh yeah, we realized that hers expired. So you're the instructor. Oh, from the one certification, you're now the instructor. Yes. So I was the only certified female rifle handler on the camp. Wow. And I was like, I am terrified. But I see, the thing is that I, I did kind of like about that was that I would never, ever have done that on my own. Right. But it's given me so much to write about. And I think that's what's nice. Yeah. And like a cool random skill yeah. that would have never otherwise had. I have it on my acting resume as like formerly certified because it's definitely like expired and they should never hand me a gun. Yeah, but like you could, you know, handle a a fake gun for something. (laughs) Yeah, like I'm not going to panic. And then I have it on my my work resume just as like a point, like a talking point. Wow, that's amazing. I'm so glad. (laughs) Oh my God, amazing. So um, at the kind of the end of your piece you talk about being unsure about when you'll return back to LA and are you back in LA now I am back in LA uh thankfully my roommate that I've been living with pre-pandemic moved back and she was subletting for a little bit but it was really nice to have her here because I really think that's what got the ball rolling because it would have just been so easy to stay for my parents to be like and me yeah to just be like oh just stay like another month oh just stay one more month like especially because (laughs) and I they almost talked me into it because I moved back at like the peak of wildfire season oh yeah and it, it was to the point where my parents were like I don't think it's safe for you to go back right now and I finally had to be like I think I need to or I never will there's always going to be a good enough reason to stay home exactly so it it was nice that she my roommate was here she was doing the house hunting we found a place that we loved could afford and I don't know if that was a pandemic price to be honest yeah I mean it's like also a great thing that now maybe you can afford different things because of just people moving out of cities yeah 
it, it was it was also good for me too because now I can like I mean granted it's still like outdoors but like I can actually see people now whereas like I was getting so isolated in Texas just because I didn't know anyone yeah yeah it's like you gotta go back to your normal quote-unquote life at some point but is there anything that you miss about your kind of uncertain quarantine life back at home the like the feeling of being able to like get up and not immediately having to start my day at like 100 miles an hour because like now it's kind of getting back to that like I wake up at 6 a.m and just go and I've I've already felt the effect of that on my body just in terms of like exhaustion or nausea or stress and um so I did, I did miss the peace. And then like, you know, my family, I was home. So my parents were like, we're going to eat our meals together. Like we're going to sit down. And like, sometimes that annoyed me because I was like, oh, like I'm in the middle of something or, you know, I even told my parents, I was like, I don't know how you guys managed to make one meal last two hours. I was like, this is <laughs> taking so long. Um, but I do, you know, I do miss that. And yeah, just, I think just the like getting to do things for fun and not for work. Now it feels like I'm back to that pace of life where if I'm reading something, it's usually a script for one of my bosses. Or if I'm watching mm-hmm. something, it's something that I want to be auditioning for. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like everything kind of seems to have like more of a more of a career purpose rather than just like pure enjoyment. Yeah. But it's weird because when I was in that, I kind of missed. Yeah, you're like, God, someone just give me something to do that <laughs> is going toward my career. I did, you know, still try to do things for my career, but it it was different things. Like I'd always wanted to write a comedy pilot and then I wrote two during the pandemic Mm because I just had the time. So it was kind of cool to be like, okay, I know I want to be in in entertainment, but what do I actually want to be doing in it? Right. And so it was kind of nice to be able to, to sort through that and to like just try different things. I did a lot of training, you know, I did like a full like acting intensive through a a school in New York that I never would have gotten to do. I know it's so cool that there's so many teachers and casting directors and stuff had time to do that stuff too. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to be a student and do these types of things. And I don't even have to leave my house. (laughs) Yeah. I so feel that it's it's like I think it's just and the kind of what my piece basically like the moral of the story of my piece was learn how to make the best of change. Yes, it's kind of been the through line of my whole life. It's something that one of um, my grandma, my my other grandma, said to me one time was, you know, bloom where you're planted. You know, you can't always control like where life's going to take you, but like you can thrive there. Just you just have to seek it out. Mm-hmm. And so that's why. Like I mentioned in there, I like joined the fencing team. I don't know how to fence, but like one person that I met was like, you should, oh, do you want to like join this team with me? And I was like, oh, a possible friend. Sure. And now look at all these random skills you have, Julia. It's so weird. I know. I was like, maybe, maybe I chased too many stories. But yeah, I think for me, the pandemic was very much like, okay, this is weird. This is different. But like, guess what? You've uprooted your life more times than you can count. So this is just that again. Oh, that's beautiful. Bloom where you're planted. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about this. I relate to it so much. Thank you for having me. And I so appreciate it. Bye. Bye. It's Personal is a live storytelling show with a twist. You can find tickets to future shows in the 2021 season at itspersonalonstage.com or in the link in our Instagram bio at itspersonalonstage. While you're on our website, take a second to catch up with our blog, sign up for a class or two, 
invest in a membership, and explore our store for the coolest merch in town. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.